y'all laugh because y'all won't be laughing in a little bit. So I'm glad y'all already got your laughs out. Philippians 4.19, God will supply all my needs. God will supply all my needs. Joshua 24.15, it's for me and my house we will serve the Lord. Luke 4.18, the Lord has anointed me. I am anointed. God has a great plan for my life. And I will fulfill my destiny. High five somebody and say it's going to get hot in here. It's going to get hot in here. Hot in here. Oh, the dance was so good. Me and Sailor, we did our, it was our sixth year doing father-daughter dance, and she was iffy on going this year because she's getting older. But um, Jeremy, um, Jeremy, you in here? Jeremy? Jeremy and, um, and Carly came with us, and so we had a lot of fun. And uh, Jeremy can't dance at all, just so you all know. Just kidding. He can dance better than me. Anyway. Um, so I'm so excited you're here today. Uh, so excited you're visiting with us. We just love growing our church. We, we love you being here. Uh, I, I want to remind you for the next 30 minutes that I'm just the mailman. Um, sometimes I get the mail in the wrong mailbox, but um, sometimes, most of the time it's right. Um, so if, you have, if, if, you know, if there's a problem with the mail, talk to the guy that, you know, that, that, that writes the, the mail out. He, he writes the letters. He gives them to me, and I'll deliver it to myself and, and, and to y'all. Because uh, today's going to be a little bit difficult, maybe a difficult pill to swallow for some people. Um, because we're in part three, and um, we're on a series called uh, The Order of Life. And I want you to help me um, introduce the series, okay? Introduce, I want you to help me with the introduction. So I need you to say seven words, okay? Get ready. Here we go. Use your mind a little bit. Words produce... Good job. Thoughts produce... Emotions. Emotions produce... Beliefs produce, actions, actions produce, habits, habits produce, character. and a character will produce a, yes. a destiny. That's right. And, it, you, and, and, and you can do it with, you can start with negative words. And negative words produce negative thoughts. They get you to a negative destiny. You can do God's word. Uh, if you want to know how God thinks, you get in his word. If you want to know how he feels, it starts with the word. If you want to know what you should be believing, you get, it all goes back to the word. You know, even when you know, successful people simply have successful habits. Um, it, most successful people are not successful because one or two, three, three things they tried. It's because they developed certain habits that brought them to a place of success. So as you go through life and you look at the destination of your finances or the destination of your relationships or the destination of your relationship with God... If it's not where you know it's supposed to be, you can just backtrack and see at what point you got off. And the good news is, is any time in life, I don't care if you're 85 years old, any time in life, you can just start back over with God's word. Just start back over. And you get it inside of you full enough, you're full enough of God's word, you begin to think the way God wants you to. And, and your life follows your thoughts because you start to feel things that God wants you to feel. And then you make these beliefs, these, these vows on the inside. God will supply my needs when I honor him financially. God will heal my body. God, God will do that. Because his word says so you believe it so strongly, you begin to act on it. And you start acting. For instance, those of you that, you know, we have a lot of people at Solid Rock that, um, that never came to church anywhere until they came to church here. And so you didn't have that as a habit in your life, but then now you do. You heard the word of God and it did changes in your life, so now you habitually come to church. 
And as you habitually come to church and study God's word, it, your character begins to, you don't even realize it probably, but at work, your attitude changes. The way you deal with people, it's changed, and then you'll get to where God wants you to get to. So today in part three, we're going to talk about emotions. Emotions. And um, emotions in themselves are neither good nor bad. They are simply responders. Uh, just like when there's an accident out on the freeway or there's a fire, you get the first responders get in there, okay? Our emotions are first responders. As soon as something doesn't go our way, as soon as somebody upsets us, as soon as we get offended, the first people that are, the first um, part of our lives that arrive there is always our emotions. They're the first ones that, that, that try to tell us to, if we're, if we're offended, act that way. If we're hurt, tell them off. If we're depressed, you know, stay in the house. Don't go out. Don't have any relationships. We're acting based on these beliefs that we're feeling because we're thinking thoughts that don't line up with God's word. Our senses were given to us to enjoy life. They were not given to us to be dominated by them. The goal of a mature believer is that you still may have emotions that don't line up with God's word, but you don't act on them. We cannot be controlled by our feelings. We should be able to control our feelings. Whenever you allow your feelings to control you, you turn into a moody person. And nobody knows what mood you're going to be in from day to day. That's incredibly, un that's incredibly selfish. It's a very self-centered way to live when you live based on how you feel. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever taught you this before, but you don't have to live based on how you feel. You can actually make decisions in your life regardless of... You can give when you don't feel like it. You can actually be kind to people when you don't feel like it. You can keep your commitments and be loyal and faithful when you don't feel like it. You can smile when you don't feel like it. You don't have to live based on how you feel. Jesus said in John 14, 27, I leave you my peace. Don't let your hearts, everybody say hearts. You're going to need to remember that in a second. Don't let your hearts be troubled or afraid. The, the Amplified Bible says stop allowing yourselves. Stop allowing yourselves. Well, they, they did me wrong. Yep, stop allowing yourself. They shouldn't have said that to me. Yep, stop allowing yourself. To be agitated, disturbed, fearful, and unsettled. Um, men and women have the same emotions. We just don't express them the same way. Uh, people think, people have said men are more logical and women are more emotional. That's not true. The reason they say that is because that men don't express emotions the same way. In fact, the only emotion that most men know how to express is anger. And it comes out through the wrong words. It comes out through fists. It comes out through slamming a door. Um, I heard somebody say, if a man doesn't learn how to release his emotions through crying, he'll end up releasing them through bullets. And I think I can rephrase that and say, if a man doesn't learn how to express his emotions to God and deal with them in a healthy way, it's going to come out through words that are so harsh they could destroy your spouse and your children. And you, and, and you just said it because you felt like it. And the next day you don't feel like that anymore. But the words have already been spoken. Um, I'm not asking you today to be a logical person. I'm asking you today to let God's word guide you. Internalizing emotions is just as unhealthy as expressing them to everybody in the world. And letting it all out and offending people and hurting people. It's just as unhealthy. Um, the most emotionally unhealthy people 
are the greatest manipulators around. Emotionally unhealthy people manipulate other people because they take everything out of everybody else. And I'm not saying this to be sexist. I'm saying this just because of what I've gathered over the years. But I've seen a lot of wives emotionally control their husbands because a husband wants his wife so bad to be happy. I'm mean, a husband will do whatever it takes. So the wife knows that if she just lets him know how upset she is and she's offended this one and she doesn't like his friend that he goes bowling with and she doesn't like that this person said something at this church and she doesn't like that this... And so the husband will move houses. He'll move churches. He'll move to a different city. He'll do whatever it takes just to make his wife happy and her not knowing the whole time she's controlling the whole house. And it is just as unhealthy for someone to control you as it is to be a controller. If you're letting someone, a lot, of, a lot of you may be letting your grown children emotionally manipulate you. Because you want your child to be okay, you want them to be happy, you want them to be safe. So they will control you into giving them money that they have not earned. They will control you into, into get to closing your 401k because of a mistake that they made that they're not taking ownership for. And you want so bad to let your little angel, you know, just be okay. You got to take care of your little angel who's 45 years old. And you got to make sure that, you know, he or she's okay. Do you know what the Bible refers to as an emotional manipulator? A witch. Yeah. I know. With a W. Just make sure you heard that. Okay. If everybody's listening. It's a W. <laughs> Uh, 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 and, a, and there can be a male witch as well, okay? That'd be called a mitch. <laughs> anyway, so, so these emotional controllers, um, it, it's just like a, the way a, a baby does. I was at Berkey's the other day eating a hamburger, and this two-year-old was in the high chair ruining my meal because no matter where I sat in the whole restaurant, the two-year-old's just screaming, screaming, screaming. Throwing French fries in it, and the child wanted ice cream, but the parents were not giving him ice cream, and they gave him a French fry, and he threw the French fry. Listen, his only goal was to get his way. That was his only goal, to make him happy. He wanted to feel happiness, and he wanted to do it at the expense of whatever he could get out of somebody else. Emotional controllers are the same way. They want you to make them happy. The, and, and, and the reason I'm, I'm being so harsh and the reason I, used, I made sure you understand the, the witch word was because if you're an emotional manipulator, you're so used to exploding, you're so used to sharp words, you're so used to letting everybody have it. And then you're okay after that. After you've done ruined the whole atmosphere of the place, you have to be met with the same force that you're meeting everybody else with. So you have to hear your pastor say you're acting like a witch. You have to hear your pastor say it's unfair to everyone you're in relationship with. Because believe it or not, they don't really like you. They may love you, but they don't like you because they never know what kind of mood are they going to be in today. If it's raining outside, they're discouraged. If they're sunny, it's happy. If they had a good day at work, then they're, 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 they're kind to all the children. If they had a bad day at work, they're screaming at all the kids. It's very selfish to live that way. We still okay? Everybody's okay, right? Y'all are all thinking of people to give this CD to after service, aren't you? I cannot wait to get a copy of this CD. I'm going to mail it to my mother-in-law or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, so, so you, the, the, let me, I'm going to tell you the way to handle these controllers in your life. But you're, if, 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 you're not, if you're not smart, you'll let it go in one ear and out the other because you'll think, oh, that's just a preacher thing to say. It's the truth. It may be a preacher thing to say, but it's the truth. Here's how you handle these controllers. 
you have, if you want to, if you want to help them. Now, if, if, you, if they're not someone that God's put in your life, you need to ignore them. Because they, they'll control you until they find somebody else to control. So if they're not supposed to be in your life, you can marginalize them. But if it's someone you love and you want to help, here's what you got to do. You have to get in the Word of God. And you have to find a scripture to deal with whatever they're upset about. And you keep speaking it to them until they shut up and get it inside of them. And you tell them, you go to your prayer closet, you can scream at God, you can yell, you can fuss, you can cuss, you can do whatever you want to. You're not going to do it to me, you're not going to do it to the family, you're not going to do it to the rest of the employees here. You go to the bathroom, go deal with it with God, and when you're done screaming at God, here's the scripture that God wants to scream back to you. In other words, if your spouse says, they offended me, they hurt me, I can't believe they said they did it. Matthew 18, go to them, win their brother over, win them over, go to them with a good heart. Matthew, but they hurt my feelings. Matthew 18 says, if you're offended, you go to them. I'm not going to them for you. You're an adult. I'm not your parent. You go to them. If they offended you, go to them and deal with it. I don't want to go to them. Well, then be quiet until you do go to them. Because that's what the Bible says. Don't cause an atmosphere of slander and tell everything. Don't be all upset. You go to them and deal with it. You're an adult. You're supposed to go to them. Well, we're never going to make it financially. We don't have enough money. This is going to work. Well, the Bible says if we honor God, he will always supply our needs in that area. Are we honoring God? No. Well, then we're going to honor God. I don't know if I can do it. We're going to honor God. I don't know if I can. The Bible says that we're supposed to do this. We're going to do it. Okay. <laughs> Whatever it is they're going through. I'm just so discouraged. The joy of the Lord is your strength. you got to get your joy back. Get in His Word. Read every scripture you can find on joy. See, if you want to help them, you're going to have to get in the Word yourself. You can't talk logic to an emotionally, emotional manipulator. They don't want to hear logic because everything's on how they feel, how they feel, how they feel. It's all about how they feel. Um, Luke 4.19 says this, The Spirit of the Lord, Jesus said, has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Now, I want to say something about the brokenhearted. If you're an emotional manipulator, 99% of the time it's because you have thoughts of insecurity, you're comparing yourself to other people, and that's all based on words that, bought, that, that were spoken over you that were rejection, rejection words. You're not pretty enough, you're not good enough, you're not this enough, that, that. and listen, some of the words may have even been true, but you took it as rejection. In other words, if you're four feet tall and you want to play for the NBA, and they say to you, you're not tall enough, listen... Unless you're Spud Webb, you're probably not tall enough, okay? They weren't trying to hurt your feelings. You just didn't have what it took to be in the NBA. That's okay. Maybe that wasn't God's destiny for your life. Maybe that's something you wanted. Maybe that's not what God wanted for you. So whether it's not the person's fault that spoke them over your life. It's your fault for how you took it. So if you're taking this rejection, and now you're thinking thoughts of, I'm not good enough, they're better than me, it gets in your heart and it becomes broken. And when your heart is broken, you always react to everything in a wrong way because everything comes out of our heart. So if Jesus said that he can heal the brokenhearted, um, that word brokenhearted comes from two Greek words. The first word is suntribo, and it means to shatter into so many pieces that it's unrecoverable. It cannot be put back together. And the word heart, of course, comes from cardia with a K in the Greek. That's where we get cardiac with a C. And so here's what Jesus is saying is this. I can heal your broken heart. It's been, it may have been shattered. And you think that a psychiatrist can't put it back together? Medicine can't put it back together? Guess what? Jesus can heal you. Amen. 
So if you battle this emotion, if you discover today over the next 15, 20 minutes that you are an emotional manipulator and you're living your whole life based on how you feel, how you feel, how you feel from one hour to the next and one day to the next, Jesus can heal you. And this may not be a sermon on emotional healing. I'm not, that's not what I'm preaching about today. doesn't mean you can't be healed. I mean, I think our prayer partner is actually um, great at, at, at transferring the healing power from God into someone's life in their soul in this area. You can be healed. But let me tell you what you have to do. You have to take ownership. If you're an emotional, if you live your life based on how you feel, um, you have to take ownership and realize it's all you. It's nobody else. If you're unhappy and no husband wants his wife to be unhappy, the Bible says in, Philipp in uh, Philippians 4.12 that we should live content. Content is a better word. But if you're unhappy, it's nobody else's fault. Nobody's. It's not the way you were raised. I don't care how bad you were abused. I don't care what's... You can still choose to be healed. And it may take time. You have to walk through some inner healing. But it's no one else's fault if you're unhappy. Listen, if you're angry, it's nobody... Well, they, they hurt me and they shouldn't have said that to me. And that's why I did this and that's why I did that. You're saying that that person has more control over your emotions than you do? And they belong to you? And you're saying it's their fault that you feel this way? Man, you got to dial that back. It's nobody else's fault. You choose the way you act and you choose what you feel. Nobody can force you to feel the way they do. So you have to take responsibility. Now, um... I don't know if you've seen, you've recognized this, but you know, our last series was on spiritual maturity, right? And we talked about the flesh, the spirit, soul, and all that. If you look at this, and of course, everything begins with God's word. Your destiny began with God's word. Salvation began with God's word. But after that, if you look at this, once we get to part four, this down is your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. In other words, we haven't done anything yet in this series. The only thing we have done is get God's word in us and spend time with Jesus. That's all we've actually done. Nothing else has been done. All of this, the word of God, is to get on the inside of you. See, what I'm saying is it's nobody else's fault how you act because it, all this stuff comes from what's inside of you. So when you put the right things in your mind, your will, and your emotions, then the right things come out of your life. You understand? You see what I'm saying? So this is this is you. So you can't blame none of your actions or any on anybody else. This is all you. Um, I, when we went to um, North Carolina last last month for Christmas, uh, the mountains, I was looking up places to hike and things like that. And I looked at this article, and it was on something called the Snake Line. The Snake Line is it's about where when someone's a hiker or a regular mountain climber, the number one thing to look out for is snakes all along the mountainside. Because there's a lot of poisonous snakes. And they can hide in the terrain so well. They can camouflage themselves. They're under rocks and bushes. And so they're, the, they always look out for snakes when they're hiking. Because um, it can be fatal. Because you're so high up in the mountain. It takes a long time to get down. By then the, it's gotten to your blood system, bloodstream. And so hikers know to look out for snakes. However, when they get to a certain altitude. When they climb to a certain height. They know that at that point the air is so thin that the snakes can't live there, so they begin to relax once they get past the snake line. What I'm telling you today is, is once you start climbing in God, the, here's what I'm saying, you will still feel negative emotions, but they won't control you. You'll be so, you'll be so filled with the Holy Spirit, so filled with God, 
that the things you feel, you still may feel lust, you still may feel fear, you still may fear discouragement, but it will not control your life once you get to that height in God. We all good still, right? That was just the introduction to the sermon, okay? I have three quick points. Number one for your notes is this. Children respond to emotions. Children respond to emotions. You know, I want to just go, go back for a minute. Men, we have to learn how to deal with our emotions in a healthy way. Um, there's something called the man law. The man law, it's, it's, it's not written down. It's just men kind of know it. For instance, the man law says when you go to the movies with another man, you're supposed to have a seat in between the two of you. You know, I'm going to sit next to you and take your popcorn. But that's just something the man, you know, whatever. You know, the man law says you can't tell other men that you love them. I love all you guys. All. The man law says that a man shouldn't cry. And if you've been raised in that type of environment or a father that, 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 was, that would be hard, listen, you got to be released from that. You need a good cry. <laughs> You need to go to your prayer closet, take out the script, and just, 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 just cry sometimes. It's okay to have emotions. It's okay. It's not okay for these emotions to control your life. Okay. Now, children respond to emotions. And I said that because I want you to know, if you're this type of person, you're acting just like a child. The Bible, and a lot of times in the Bible, it does not refer to a child by age. A lot of places in the Bible, it refers to a child by how they act. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I had childish thoughts and feelings, okay? When I grew up, I stopped doing that. I stopped doing that. Here, here's what it's saying. Um, when, I, when I always grab for what feels good, when I let my emotions control me, when I try to manipulate people into giving me my way, I may be 40 years old, but I'm acting like a four-year-old. And if, so if you want to know how spiritually mature you are, the question is, are you still acting like a child on the inside? Because there's a lot of people that are older, but they've never grown up. They've gotten heavier, they've gotten older, they've lost hair, but they're still four years old on the inside. Still four years old on the inside. Um, we can't be um, someone that's always grabbing for what feels good, always grabbing for, um, for what makes us happy, because the way children act is if they want to be offended, they act offended. If they want to be lazy, they act lazy. If they want to eat the entire bag of Oreos, they just eat the whole bag because it feels good. It feels good. In fact, one of the things I've learned in my life, because I'm more emotional than logical um, as I've grown in God, I've learned that sometimes when I'm feeling something so strong, that's a cue that I should step back and not do anything. Even if it feels really good, like, oh, I know this was your, this is the best, we got this, this is the greatest idea in the whole world, we're going to do it right now. When I have those, I'm like, okay, that means I need to step back because I may not feel this way three days from now. Once I think about why am I making this decision, I may not feel that anymore. In, in Genesis 49, uh, Jacob called all of his children around before he was going to die. He was on his deathbed, giving them some final instruction. And his oldest son battled what I'm telling you today. And in Genesis 49, verse 4, he said this, Reuben, you're my firstborn. Your birthright gives you the preeminence in dignity and power. But because you're unstable... Because you're uncontrollable like water, you will not excel and have the preeminence. Here's what he's saying. You were destined for greatness. 
You were destined for a healthy marriage. You were destined for good finances. You were destined for, for, for joy in life. You were destined for promotion. But because you cannot control your, because you don't exercise the fruit of the Spirit called self-control, because you just let your emotions guide your life, you cannot be promoted. How many people have you worked with in your life? And they're likable and, and they're smart. And, but because they're so stinking emotional, they never get promoted. They lose one position. They lose another job. They go from this relationship to the next. And it's because they're being guided by something they were never supposed to be guided by. Um, I read a true story um, about this young black man in Alabama many years ago. And he was in the prime of his life. He was 20-something years old, very healthy. And he gets on a bus and he goes to sit behind the bus driver next to a little white man. And um, as he sat down, the little white man shoved him. Didn't even say, just shoved him, in indicating, I want you to get off my seat. So the black man stands up and he goes about three rows back and he starts to sit down. And this, this time there was a white man there and he put his hand there real quick, like, I don't want you sitting here. So the black guy gets up and he goes another three rows back and he's about to sit down to another white man. And, and the guy puts his briefcase there. So, you know, I don't want you there. So the black man wanted to really let these guys have it, but instead he just got up and he went to the very back of the bus. Now, it would seem to everyone else on the bus that these three white men were in control. It would seem they were in charge, that they were, must have been some part, they must have had some kind of power, they must have been, you know, some promoted state, whatever the case is. Um, and as much as the black guy wanted to let them have it, he didn't. He just sat at the back of the bus and just stayed quiet. The next stop was his stop, so as the black man stands up and walks to the front of the bus, he opens up his wallet and he pulls out three business cards and he hands each one of those white men a business card. They looked at it as he stepped off the bus and all it said was, Joe Lewis, heavyweight boxing champion of the world. <laughs> now, obviously, Joe Lewis was stronger than all three of those white men on the outside. But listen, he was so much stronger than those three white men on the inside. And that's where it counts. That's where it counts. Uh, Proverbs 14, 29 says, A wise man is slow to anger, but runaway emotions, and this is the message, show how stupid you are. If you are a moody person, that's a very selfish way to live. I heard about this guy who, who, who bought his wife a mood ring to kind of help him, you know, in their relationship. <laughs> he was... <t> yeah, <laughs> okay. I'll just stop there. And... Uh, <laughs> And he was telling his buddies at work about it. And he said, yeah, when my wife's in a good mood, it turns blue. And when she's real sad, it turns green. And he said, when she's real angry, it leaves a red mark on the side of my face. <laughs> anyway, Ephesians 4.14, we must stop acting like children, tossed like ships to and fro by every wind of teaching. Rather, let us grow up in every way. Christian children go from church to church to church to church. Christian children, and, and here's why they do that. They want to pull from what they like about this one, like about this one. But as soon as they find something they don't like, they pull away. And there's no perfect church. And when you join a church, that means that you're saying, I'm going to have some relationships. And people who are emotionally unhealthy are scared of relationships because they're scared of feeling rejected. They're scared of getting offended. But when you commit to a body or a relationship of people, understand you're going to get offended. That's just part of it. That's part of every relationship. The only way you'll ever grow, the only way you will ever um, rise to your destiny is to deal with things that sometimes feel bad. 
It's okay to go through something in which you feel sad or you feel anger or you feel offended. It's okay. Those are times that God says, come to me. You know, if everything went fine and you're always happy-go-lucky, you'd rarely ever come to God. But God said, come to me. I want to change you. I want to do things on the inside, not just the outside of your life. If you think about the people that you live with, the ones that always take, 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 take and never give are the children. When is the last time the five-year-old said, Mommy, you know, thank you so much for everything you do, and I just want to bless you today. How can I bless you? How can I help the family? After you finally get up off the ground, you'd say, you know, what have you done with my child? You know, where's my child? That's how children are. Children respond to us now. The last two points are very quick. Number two is this. Christians respond to the Word. This is how we should respond. I'm not telling you to be logical. I'm telling you to be God's Word-based. Christians respond to the Word. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. We never have to wonder what kind of mood Jesus is going to be in. If you feel away from God, you feel like, you know, you're a part, and I just don't feel God today, and I want to feel God, he hasn't changed. That's your emotions. Get in the Word, and you'll feel them all day long. Now, if you want a Word from God, get, and don't do one of these numbers where God, I just need you. Oh, God, oh, just speak to me, God. You know, I did that one time. I've done that a few times, but one time it came out right. You know, I've loved you with an everlasting love. You're my child. And the other time I was, uh, oh, God, uh, depart from me, you wicked sinner. Oh, my God, you know. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's all emotion stuff. Churches sometimes are filled with so much emotion, there's no word. Is that, it's so emotional, there's no, you leave and you're drained, but there's no word on the inside. Jesus never changes. Um, the reason it's unhealthy to make a decision based on your emotions is because they change. Let me say, if you're taking notes, write this down. Right, my feelings are liars. They lie to you. They lie, lie, lie. All day long they lie. They, they, they make you feel things. And if you act on them, the, the next day you're going to think, why did I do that? Well, because you base it on a lie and not the truth. God's word never changes. Never changes. One of the biggest lies in society is just do whatever feels good. Whatever it feels good. Just do, if it feels good, do it. Here's a problem with that. In some cultures, it feels good to bake brownies for your neighbors. In some cultures, it feels good to eat your neighbors. <laughs> Which culture is right? Well, the one that just is just is. Who says that's right? It just feels right. No, you can't go by feelings because they feel something different. The only truth statement you can make can be from God. Well, if it feel, what God's word said. Okay, if God's word said it, then that's it. That's good. That's good. If it came from God's word, you can go by that. You can make decisions based on that. Uh, Psalms 134.2, lift your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. We don't always feel like it. It doesn't say, hey, when you feel like it, when you feel like you've had a good week, when you feel like God's proud of you, when you feel like everything's, then you should lift your hands. No. It doesn't matter how you feel. You do it because God is amazing. That's why we do it. And the Word tells us to do it. Have you ever felt like giving? I mean, it, it, I'm sure you do now. At first, you don't feel like it. At first, you know, oh man, I don't know if I, At first, when you go to write out those first checks, you know, you, in your mind you think it's going to be $100. And then by the time you get your pen out, it turns into $75. By the time you sign, it's like, it's like $25, you know, it, because you're going by feelings. Um, Luke 6, 27, do good to those who hate you. What? What? I don't feel that. I've never felt that. Ever. Am I supposed to wait till I feel it? And you tell your child, I need you to clean your room today. I just don't feel like doing it. I'll do it when I feel it. That's when I'll do it. 
When I feel like God's speaking to me, when I feel like God's saying, you're going to say, you're going to feel the back of my hand against the back of your tail, and then you'll clean your room. I think that's what God's saying to some of you in here. Yeah, I'm going to make sure you, you want to feel it. You'll feel it. You'll feel it. You'll feel the results of not doing what I tell you to do. Isaiah 61, arise from the depression which the circumstances have given you. This actually says circumstances can make you depressed. Okay? We agree with that. The wrong circumstances can make you depressed. Here's what he says. Arise anyway. Arise while you're depressed. Ooh. While you're depressed. Get up. Do something for somebody else while you're depressed. Man, I don't know about you, but when I'm depressed, I don't feel like getting up. I really don't. I don't. But I do it anyway because I know God's word will always lead me to success and my feelings are liars. We cannot live by emotions and principles and morals at the same time. You can either live by principles and morals or emotions, but you can't do both. When society says, well, if it feels good, do it. I've just felt this way since I was born. I've always, had, I've always felt this way. And society says, well, you know what? It's okay. Just live by that. Here's what you're doing. You're removing the gift of free will. When you tell someone, teenager, adult, whoever, well, if it feels good, just do it. Here's what you're saying. You, have, you no longer have a free will. You no longer can make a choice. you got to do what feels good. You know how evil it is to tell somebody that? How evil is you can't obey God because you don't feel like it. You can't choose to love because you don't feel like it. You know, love is actually a choice. Love is not a feeling. If you study 1 Corinthians 13, love's not a feeling. It's not based on a feeling. It's a choice. Because love says love forgives. I don't always feel like it. Love gives. I don't always feel like it. Love overlooks a fault. Don't always feel like it. I don't always feel like loving, but I do it because I want to love God. Even if I don't feel like it sometimes. Hebrews 11 uh, is, the, is the faith chapter. It says, by faith Abel, by faith Noah, by faith Enoch, Abraham, Sarah, Moses, Rahab, Isaac, Jacob, Esther. All on it goes. Did it, does it ever say by feeling? Man, Moses just had a good day one morning. And he just felt like going through the wilderness for 40 years with a bunch of yo-yos complaining the whole time. He just felt so good about it. Oh! By faith, Sam, by, by feeling, Samson decided to face a thousand Philistines. Because he just felt like, you know what? If I'm going to get in a fight, I'm going to fight a thousand people today. By faith, Rahab risked her life. By faith, Moses. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Abel. On and on. It doesn't once say they felt like doing it. Every one of them did it by faith. Um, Mike and I love going out to eat with Bob and Cindy, good friends of ours, and we were at their house the other night, and I took this picture with my phone. It's a picture of them on their wedding day. <laughs> Look how happy um, uh, Cindy is. Look how high Bob is. But anyway, <laughs> but Cindy's so happy. Now, everyone knows Cindy. She's so encouraging. She's a happy woman. She's so happy. On a scale of 1 to 100, 100 being the happiness, at this moment, what, what, what number do you think she was at? 100. Do you think, how many years have y'all been married? I was testing him. <laughs> 45, good job, Bob. Do you think for 45 years, Cindy has been up here? Yeah. No. <laughs> I bet there's times when she was helping Bob work, I bet there's times she felt like letting her finger slip on that nail gun. <laughs> Whoops, Bob, I'm so sorry. Did I get you in the shin? You know. Feelings come and go. 
people, people, some people will leave a job based on a feeling and then three weeks later think, why did I do that? People divorce on feelings, married on feelings, take out loans. It's just, we make so many feeling choices and we wonder why life's not going the way it's supposed to. Because listen, some days you may be up, some days you may be down. But when you make a choice, you make a choice because you love God and you're going to do it anyway. Okay? So Christians respond to the word. Last point, emotions respond to thoughts. This is what I'm talking about, the order of life, emotions respond to thoughts. Uh, Isaiah 26, 3, out of many scriptures I could have used, this is the one I want to show you. The Lord gives perfect peace. There's a feeling to those whose mind is stayed on him. There's the thoughts, feeling and thoughts. So I'll, I'll close with this story. Um, Elijah, one of, my, one of my favorite guys in the Bible, I named my son after him, um, Eli. Um, Elijah, he was a great man of God, and in 1 Kings 16 and 17 18, he had all kinds of great victories. I mean, just great things. He raised a boy from the dead. He, um, there was a three-year drought, and he prayed, and rain came. I mean, just, just a great guy. I mean, this guy, you talk about 100% joy. I mean, this guy was right up here. One day, uh, 450 false prophets come to do battle with him. 450 against one. And before they're going to fight, he says, whoa, 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 whoa. Instead of fighting, let's do this. Let's see whose God is real. Let's build an altar, and whosoever God can make fire appear in the altar wins. And y'all can ask your prophets, your, your gods of Baal, and I'll ask Jehovah, the one true God, and we'll see. They said, okay, it's a deal. It's a deal. I mean, the Bible's so cool. So cool. So they get 400, they get the, the altars all got their wood and everything. 450 false prophets. They start dancing hour after hour, no fire. They start screaming and yelling, no fire. They pray to their God, no fire. They begin to cut themselves. Thinking that's what'll do it, cutting themselves and putting the blood and no fire. Man, they're worn out. And Elijah's just sitting back, like, man, I can't wait for my turn. It's gonna be so cool. And they're, they're finally they're exhausted. So Elijah said, "Okay, it's my turn." Elijah was so confident that God Almighty would do what he said he would do. He was so confident in God's word, he poured twelve gallons of water on the altar. Water all over. Now it's a damp, wet altar. Elijah prays a prayer, and in 1 Kings 18.38, immediately the fire of God fell, burned up the altar, and dried up every drop of water, and the prophets of Baal were killed. Whew, huge victory. I mean, just add it to the checklist. Man, all the stuff God's done for me, if I look back and I can see the people God's brought in my life, the times that God showed up, the healings, the miracles, I get, my list goes on and on. Man, my faith should be so high God can do anything, but there was a witch who was in charge of the 450 prophets. Her name was Jezebel. She was such a manipulator, she talked her husband, who was a man of God, into going against God. Great manipulator. So good. All based on emotions. And you know, these emotionally uh, uh, manipulators... They will send emails filled with the meanest, harshest stuff. They'll send texts to your phone and you've never done anything for them. And I can't believe you're treating me like this. How I'm going to die without you. I mean, just everything. They know how to manipulate so well. And so this witch sends Elijah an email. It's in the message translation. You can read it. <clears throat> in 1 Kings 19.2, she said, By this time tomorrow, you'll be as dead as those prophets. Now, surely Elijah said, woman, you can't speak to me that way. God said I'm going to be okay. He's going to take care of me. You cannot change that. You know, you won't imagine all the stuff God's done for me. You think I'm scared of you? 
In verse 3, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. He prayed and wished he would die. This great man of God, miracle after miracle after miracle, 450 prophets died by the fire of God from his prayer, and one woman. There's a Mother's Day sermon somewhere in there, I think. But anyway, one woman sends an email. I'm breaking up with you. Yeah, I'm never talking to you again. You're fired. You know, you've never done anything right. Whatever it is, one person, just one bad day, and he wants to die. What was his problem? He stopped thinking about what God had done, and he's now focusing on his enemies, the things that are not going well, the negative circumstances. Fear crept in. He believes nothing's going to change, and his action is, God, just take my life. I'm done. We will never live in victory without winning the battle of emotions. When negative emotions knock on your door, you have to answer it with the word of God. Do not answer it with your own logic. Do not Because listen, you logical people, you can come up with 99 reasons why it's not going to happen. And only one on the way. So logical people, they, they battle stuff just as much as emotional people do. But when these thoughts or these feelings come, you have to answer it with God's word. You have to answer it with God's word. You have to. You're going to have to open up. Listen, you're a Christian. Sooner or later, you've got to open up your Bible. Sooner or later, okay? Sooner or later, you've got to open it up. Find a promise from God. Dwell on that. And even if you don't feel like it, do what God's telling you to do. And your destination will be where God wants it to be. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our music team can come on up. I want you to just bow your heads with me. Um, our prayer partners are down front. We believe in prayer. Listen, uh, let me tell you why we believe in it. Because the Bible says so. The Bible says what it does. So we believe in it. Well, I don't really feel like that prayer did anything for me. Well, you're going by your feelings. What does God's word say? I don't feel like getting up out of my seat because I feel like uh, I just I feel insecure. People, that's your feelings. What does God's word say? I just don't feel like getting out of bed, I don't feel like I don't feel like giving, I don't feel like being kind to people. <laughs> Listen, if you keep doing that, you're going to live like a child the rest of your life. And if you're here today and you've been allowing somebody to control you emotionally, you can either marginalize them or you can get in God's word and help them. You have to proclaim truth and the only truth there is, it's from God's work. It's the only thing that never changes. Because truth never changes. So, I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you for a second. So, Lord, right now I just ask that you begin to speak to each person in here. Lord, whatever negative emotion has been controlling their life, bring it to light right now. Uh, the emotion of fear, uh, the emotion of discouragement, the emotion of insecurity, comparison, jealousy. Whatever hold the enemy has, we rebuke it right now in Jesus' name. We don't have to, we don't have to feel like an angel showed up and did a miracle. We don't have to feel like whirlwind of the Holy Spirit came through. We just believe it because God's word says it. 
So if you're in here today with your head bowed, your eyes closed, I just want to give you a second just to respond. Just as a sign of faith, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you forward or anything like that, but if you're here today and, um, and you know that this is a battle that, that it's time to start overcoming and you need God's help with that, can you just raise your hand so I can just pray for you real quick? So I see the hands raised just for 30 seconds. Lord, each person with their hand raised had the faith to say, I need the Holy Spirit. I can't do this on my own. I need the fruit of self-control from the Holy Spirit. I need the fruit of joy from the Holy I need the fruit of peace from the Holy Spirit. It's not something I can produce on my own. I need God's help. So God asked you to begin to convict each person in here who raised their hand to get in your word and find the truth that will set that emotion free. Find the truth that will never change. And Lord, I just encourage each person to get that truth on the inside of them so that the actions they take, the things they believe, it starts to line up with your word and they see changes like never before. And I thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Just real quick, just bow your heads just one more second. If you're here today and Jesus is not the Lord of your life, and, and maybe that's because you don't, you, you think, well, man, I haven't felt any different and I just... I'm waiting, to, I'm waiting to feel it, and I'm waiting for God to speak to me. Listen, God's speaking. Get saved. Thus saith the Lord. Give your life to Jesus. Thus saith the Lord. Give your life to Christ. So if you're here today and Jesus is not the Lord of your life, can you slip your hand just so I can pray for you as well? Okay. See that hand. Any other hands? Okay. Lord, in the name of Jesus, right now, just ask that your grace just pour over person, Lord, who, who recognizes they're not saved. Lord, let your grace just minister to them right now. The very fact that they recognized I need a Savior, I need Jesus in my life, just like the thief on the cross. Lord, thank you that they will be in paradise with you. We thank you for your grace right now in Jesus' name. Everybody in Solid Rock said, Amen. Y'all can stand to your feet. If you're visiting with us, I would love to greet you face-to-face in the fellowship hall after this next song. We're going to worship the Lord. Prayer partners are at the front. There's prayer partners at the back if you need prayer today. After this song, we will dismiss you. I'll sign up for a short group. There's a bake sale. And have a great week. Thank you so much. And pull it out Let your love run your glory fill this house pour it out let your love run over here and now let your glory fill this
king is soon returning as we hold to this assurance spirit come spirit come spirit come spirit come in that chorus again we pour it out y'all so much. Love God, love people. We'll see y'all next week.